0: Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, brought to you by the Turnstile Network. My name's E McNally.
1: And I'm Justin Price.
0: This is the podcast where we spin... The wheel. ...of sport. Yeah. That, that, was, very, um, that was very commercial radio there. Do you feel we're getting it more did.
1: professional at this as we go on?
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, the wheel doesn't look very professional, but it does the job. I feel like we don't look very professional. I would hope that we can do the job.
1: This is this is why they are doing a podcast, not a TV show
0: <laughs> or radio. This this yeah, the reason we're doing a podcast is because we can't get on radio. But that's okay.
1: Can't, you can't do
0: a radio show in your underwear?
1: This is this is what is brilliant about this. <laughs> I'm currently I'm currently sat in a paddling pool. Like you can't the, you can't go past this.
0: Yeah, just just go easy on the baby oil next time. It's too much. Sli- slippery of anything. And a hazard with the electrical equipment, it so is. no, but fair play to you anyway. Um, so what we're going to do is going to spin the Wheel of Sports, and we're going to get a topic and uh, a subject area. Shall we, shall we give it a spin? Yeah, why not?
1: It's uh, Golden Moments. Golden Moments. Golden Moments.
0: That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I've you, got a golden moment. You've got a golden moment. Go on.
1: There's always a golden moment in sport. There's many.
0: <laughs> well, probably in the Olympics where it's literally sometimes gold.
1: If there was no golden moments in sport, no, would you watch it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably. I, I grew up watching it probably below bronze for a lot of the time. <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready for this one, Ian?
0: Golden moments. I, you, you look a bit... Of, you, like a top, finely tuned athlete, ready to go out the blocks I'm, here. I'm
1: pumped. <laughs> well, this this golden moment's in tennis. Do you watch? A, do you watch a bit of tennis? I do like a bit of tennis. Yeah. 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 I don't, I I can't play it. I've got to be honest. I've had a go. And um, I more hit the I hit the ball like a bit like baseball. It just goes up. It doesn't come down. <laughs>
0: they, I, I had a little go at tennis in school, and they, I got the nickname Sky Master. So <laughs> I probably have a similar technique,
1: similar <laughs> backhand. So, so there we go. So, um, but I really enjoy watching the tennis, and I remember watching this this as a as a kid. Because, uh, well, when I say a kid, it was probably my mid-twenties. But uh, there we go. <laughs> Still a child.
0: Relatively to what you are now. Yes. A, yes. a, a baby.
1: Yeah. Baby Justin. So this is uh, Goran Ivan Izovich. Well
0: done, by the way. I, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> the only... Uh, see, I See, I'm really excited about this one. Learning more about Goran...
1: Ivan Izovich. Uh,
0: because I know very little about Goran...
1: Even he's a witch. Because um,
0: the only thing I know about him is from a British comedian, Tim Vine, who does one-line jokes. And he said, uh, all tennis players are witches, Goran. Even he's a witch. Oh, even he's a witch,
1: yeah.
0: That's good. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, well, I've that that's in my head now all the way through. Yeah. I forget his name, him, he's a witch, all the way through. Even he's a witch. Yeah. yeah. No. So, um, yeah, so Tim Vine, tell us a little bit more.
1: Well, the thing is about Golda Moment, like he, I think he's um, seen as a player that is synonymous with tennis because of his character. A lot of the time, like people know him, just like even people like, there's, um, he's sort of like even the new generation who come through. There's sort of like people do recognize his name. And he didn't it wasn't that of a successful of a tennis player in terms of championships he wasn't like a Federer. he didn't go on and win grand slams all the time or anything like that because he started uh professional tennis in 1988
0: that's a long time ago it's a long time ago yeah. so you
1: can you know so uh you know you can imagine there were people who would forget who he was but yeah. people say still people know who he is now so Unless it's just the joke from Tim Vine that's rendered <laughs> <kept> irrelevant,
0: <him> <laughs> rekindle his his fame. Well, no, I, I, he is definitely a recognisable name. So, so, what is it about Goran? Why is he so? Well,
1: well, this golden moment. I'm just going to. I'm going to focus on one golden moment because I think he had a, a, a couple of them, but this was probably his star moment. Okay, so um, obviously, Ivanisevic. Right, he was. He was basically known for his uh, strong tennis. He was very athletic. He was very attacking, and also he had a huge serve. I said serve, right? So
0: <laughs> ticks all boxes there. Yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty yeah.
1: for for like several years he had the most aces on, on tour. Wow. Yeah. So that's how strong his serve was, right? It was very attacking game, very physical game, very strong game, all right. He was very aggressive as well, okay? He was quite uh he was very talented player, uh, and also prone to the odd tantrum from time to time. Oh come to, on. Which we all like.
0: See, this is where this, this is what I like. Because te- tennis, it's back and forth and back and forth. And if there's not a moment where someone's smashing a racket or <laughs> creating a blue somewhere,
1: then it's it's not worth watching, is it? Well, that's what. Well, the thing is, that I think his tantrums are quite... He used to smash an odd racket or two in his time, you know? But it was done by quite a few during that time, so, you know... He wasn't the only one. But, yeah, so he, had, he added that to his game, which I think, as I say, that little bit of uh, sharpness for every professional athlete. It's probably good, in it, to have that little bit in had your locker? a bit locker. of f- fire in his belly. Yeah, fatality. <laughs> <laughs> ready, ready to knock an umpire's head off. <laughs> anyway, so the thing is with him, right, okay, uh, is he he got into a career high ranking of, of number two at one point in his career, right, I, uh, around about 1994, I just behind, tucked in the famous Pete Sampras. Wow so
0: one. he's only been playing pro what 6 years and he's world number 2. World number 2 and yeah. there's only Sam- Sampras the machine. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, he he... A machine. yeah, he used to knock He's just behind the machine.
1: Yeah. He's just behind the machine. He was just like knocking it out but you know Pete was a different player altogether when he a different gra- I heard this phrase the other day someone said a different gravy. Which I quite like a different gravy. <laughs> a different nice. gravy, yeah. All right, but we're going to go we're going to focus on this golden moment which is in uh, the summer of 2001. All right, and it was when he must
0: have been retired by now. How long? What's the? No, it's not. That Thirteen years in the, a top level.
1: Yeah, and it, it wasn't retired. Well, suppose he wasn't. He was nearly thirty. He was two months away from okay. his thirtieth birthday. So, but he had a lot of injuries with his shoulder, probably because his serve was too big, even for his own body. S- smashing
0: rackets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. So, when in two thousand and one, he gets a uh, a wild card option for Wimbledon. So what's that? What's a wild card? So a wild card it? option means that he's not done well enough that year to qualify to get to get into Wimbledon because you've got to be in the top so so many hundred. He's he's one hundred twenty fifth in the world. No, he's, he's not won enough tournaments at this point. So that
0: just sounds like he just hasn't played enough tournaments. He's, he's yeah, played he's, a few ranking tournaments.
1: Yeah, he's not played enough, yeah. and he and he well, he's been injured quite a bit, and then so he's not you know he hasn't been there around about to get a qualification, but because he's been. Like he's been in three Wimbledon finals at this point in the past and he's lost all three of them. Wow. He lost two to good old Pete Sampras and he lost one to Andre Agassi. That's tough. Yeah. And and like, you know, he lost them in like 92, 94, 1998.
0: And so when you lose that one in 98, you, and your shoulders starting to uh, ache, Yeah, that's, you're done, aren't you?
1: Well, maybe. Yeah. He Approaching starts, 30. He to think He's not going to quite do it, yeah. And in other Grand Slams, he came close, but he never got. He's not got there. He's won like uh, twenty-one uh, single championships, you know, single titles, but they're never. A, they're not a Grand Slam. So that he's he, So. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, I've heard that though. You know, regular tennis players, that, that is sort of a thing, isn't it? Grand Slams are the one, aren't they? Grand Slams that like, you measured on, not not titles.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of what that else that compares to, like in in. Uh... You know, in other sports or in general life as well. Like, is there anything else where you can achieve to a really high level, but people are like, nah?
1: I think as a pilot, if you don't quite make the runway, I think you've probably failed. <laughs> I probably you may, you may have flown like miles, you know what I mean. But if you've not quite made that final runway, you not you got not, you not get rated. I
0: would say the comparison to that mentality of like being able to win all these championships but not being grand slams is my mum's attitude to holidays you could go to my mum she could go on holiday to Wales and Scotland and Ireland but unless she was actually getting on a plane she hasn't been on holiday <laughs> it's, it's like, not classed no no it's not classed she could have seen the most wonderful things being on the most wonderful days out not not on holiday have you been on holiday this year no
1: to be fair, it was in Britain, wasn't it? So <laughs> she's got a she's got a good point. If you don't leave British soil, have you been on holiday? <laughs> I'm not so sure. So,
0: so it 2001. We're at yeah. It's Wimbledon. Brilliant time of year, isn't it? Wimbledon. I love you. So I love always. Wimbledon as a kid, though.
1: <laughs> no, it, it always it it, when you think back like as a kid because we were obviously in Britain at the time. It always I always remember Britain as being sunny. But yeah. I've been back since then and, it, <laughs> and it's not. Well, it's it held in
0: London. So, and the sun, they pay more tax there, the sun, or less tax <laughs> in most cases. But the sun's always shining there. And the, the one thing that always used to throw me out watching Wimbledon is you'd come home from school and you'd, I'd always turn on the TV to watch the cartoons. Right. And uh, then you'd turn on the TV. And on BBC One and BBC Two, it was blanket tennis coverage, and so for like how long to go? Two, three weeks? Two weeks, and then you, so you no cartoons then for two weeks. So it's like it's actually quite uh, it's almost
1: like meditation. Brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it used to finish early, like it wasn't late. It never went on very late because it was Wimbledon. As soon as it was getting dark, <laughs> yeah, finished. yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So well, I suppose it, yeah, you do look at it nostalgically, and Wimbledon is seen. In that sort of... It's seen as the best tennis tournament, isn't it?
0: Probably the most prestigious. I think yeah. there's a couple of things that really notch it up.
1: I don't know what... Actually, I, from from my experience now of watching uh, Grand Slams, I don't know what that is, actually. I don't know why. But even by the tennis players themselves, so it's not just from perceived by the public, it's even by the players themselves. That is seen as a particular prestigious trophy to Grand Slam to win isn't it
0: yeah and I think uh, uh, these. this is my theory so Wimbledon very few adverts <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't prostitute itself and pour itself out like every other Open, every other Grand Slam does to advertising. They right. advertise on the net. They advertise all over the back. You watch the Australian Open. They've got the, the, the boards that they have you know, around the, the field where they're all m- moving and motion and everything. All of that at Wimbledon, they have a little Slazenger thing, which you can hardly see, and they have a little uh, Robinson's barley juice thing on the fridge. <laughs> That's it. Have you ever ever noticed that it's I, all just I, green? I have,
1: but I don't know whether that—that's what I put it down to. The players think it's the most prestigious tournament. Is <laughs> <laughs> the lack I, of advertising? I
0: actually think you know the fact that the um, the Australian Open is sponsored by ANZ, who are more than welcome to sponsor this podcast, and Jacobs Creek again, <laughs> were open to us. Dawson's Creek could sponsor <laughs> us if we get all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a that's a factor. It's like, and also the players have to wear white as well. There's quite a few, you know. Whereas all the other yeah, uh, tournaments, yeah. I think aesthetically, it just looks that green is very calming. It looks pristine, and also, see, I think
1: uh, you, I think you, you're swallowing the cool lady here, yeah, to be honest. It's <laughs>
0: <'Cause laughs> St- 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 Robinson's barley, It is. <laughs> barley water.
1: Because to to me, it's the fact is, yes, they've got lots of rules at Wimbledon. They do. Right, they have lots of rules. So, in other words, the whites and all that are not because the players think oh, I've only got to wear whites Wimbledon. They're told it's very, you know, you're not allowed to wear anything else. So, don't even try it. You know the, I mean? the
0: rules basically of Wimbledon are, like, in effect trying to keep poor people out. That's essentially it. it it's very inaccessible Wimbledon to get tickets for. Like when you think of the Australian Open you just jump oh. you can just walk up on the day in many cases and get a ground pass. Whereas at Wimbledon you have to kinda of camp out and you know Ever kill rich person. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the British comedian Frank Skinner actually described, he said he went to Wimbledon and he said, he described it as being like a theme park for posh people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's just, you know, they do actually serve like pims and uh, strawberries and cream and all that nonsense. And I actually saw a um, a picture of the crowd at Wimbledon and let's say, Diversity is not a word that came to mind. <laughs> so it was, it was the whitest crowd you've you've ever seen. Plus Cliff Richard. In, yeah, plus Cliff Richard in one of the um, most culturally diverse cities in the world. Not at Wimbledon. No. So now we've set the scene.
1: <laughs> now we set the scene. We, you've had our take on what Wimbledon is, but anyway. So he get. So he's here, all right. And there's not much expected of. Back to Goran Ivanizovic. There's not much expected of him. Forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, forgot about him and all that. And uh, there's not much expected of him. So he goes into this tournament, and he's just. I think he's just glad to be invited to come back. He's play. a wild card. Yeah, and he's. He, nice. he, he, you know, he enjoyed coming back. And the thing is, I think in this tournament, things just went. He just. He played magnificently in this tournament, and on top of that, things went for him a little bit. On, on as they always have to do you know where they always say you need a little bit of luck in the tournament well he got a little bit of luck from time to time but uh he he played fantastically well and he had a really really um he had really tough matches all the way through it and i think i think i remember this so clearly is because every game he played everyone was like oh my god he's he, he got he got through you know what i mean so there was a bit of hype he didn't start off hyped but the further it, somebody got obviously as a wild card entry you know, people get excited. People get excited. And there's a bit more press around it. Is
0: it the classic underdog here? We yeah, kind of wild card comes in, and you don't know who's to support in the yeah. tennis.
1: Exactly, someone else. There's gets no British him.
0: players really so, to, to well, get behind the at that point. Well, who was, there
1: who was, was there? Gre- Greg uh, Rudetsky? Yeah, yeah, he was Canadian. Yeah, we were the only British person with a yeah. Canadian, strong Canadian accent. <laughs> and uh, all good old Tim. Tim Heman. <laughs> oh, Henman. Tim Heman, yeah. yeah. Heman Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which Come is on, now. Tim? Yeah.
0: <laughs> People still say shout out donate to Andy Money. <laughs> mm.
1: uh. So, anyway, so he. Uh, he start, his first round. Okay, he comes up against uh, Frederick Johnson of Sweden. He, he went through in straight sets or so three sets 6-4, 6-4, 6-4. God, that's nice! Yeah, so that thought, thought must have felt nice to say that. I know. I think one of these, you know, when you get into a rhythm, that's what that is, isn't it? He <laughs> so kept, kept giving him a few games and going, No, that's it. <laughs> that's it. We're done. We're going home soon. So, uh, uh, it, it, made, it made me laugh as well because I remember the, uh, the article afterwards. It said he, he could have faced a tougher opponent. However, <laughs> today was his day. <laughs> <You> know, like...
0: <laughs> the poor Swede.
1: And then he got to the second round, right? And he had, he had uh, Spain's Carlos Moyá at the time. who was seeded 20, 21 in the world. He was uh, a hot favorite to win. He was like, he really was like more yeah, well, well, the thing is he was playing really well, so that he was one of those things who was an outside bet really he was
0: a, the... he was on a good trajectory,
1: yeah. yeah, I remember Pete Sampras is still around, so Pete's favorite Naturally, old, yeah, now, nat- what did they call Pete? he had the uh he was like gunslinger when he had the uh pistol Pete. That pistol, was it, Pete, it? yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> sound seems in bad taste that name now doesn't it, you know.
1: uh, yeah, probably yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> So um, he found this game a little bit harder, right? But uh, he he took the first first set on a tiebreak against uh, Moya, and then uh, and then went straight through in three sets. Goodness! Three sets to one, sorry, against the twenty-one seed. Yeah,
0: that's that's remark like that is remarkable to come into. But this. his
1: serving was there again. You know what I mean? Yeah. On that first serve, I remember I watched that first serve and I thought, how does anyone even see it? Never mind man hit it like he really did. If you if you if you've not watched him play, go back through the highlights and watch him toaster serve because that is <laughs> what he basically does.
0: Well, that's the other thing about the grass court as well is that the ball it bounces up at a, a slightly different angle, and you know it's a bit more predictable when you're playing on a you know artificial court because the angle at the ball bounces. Yeah. But it, obviously at Wimbledon, you've uh, and at, in two thousand one as well. Uh, the grass starts to wear away as the tournament goes on. Yeah. And so if you're hitting a serve on the drier part with less grass, then it bounces at a different angle. So add the speed into that. Then it becomes very interesting.
1: Well, they say that grass as well is the the fastest surface, even though because it doesn't stick as much. It just straight off the top of the surface. And, you know, so it really gets hold of it, you know.
0: Wouldn't you love to see a Teflon core? <laughs> like its core made of Teflon, where they can barely stop themselves. That is a bit like Wimbledon, though, isn't it? Sometimes when you see them slide, skid, yeah. slide out. Yeah, I was worried about that. Yeah. It's a health and safety. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's an S. But, it, but then in the third round, he gets a, a, future, a future world number one, Andy... Roddick. Oh yeah, the Andy American. Roddick. Yeah, yeah. Now he's a, he's known
0: for his serve.
1: Roddick. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, he was younger then obviously so he was still he was still up and coming. Roddick's really showing how good he is isn't he because he's got round. He's got through to the third round as well and he's and he's playing well. But four sets if again. The match was your lack of concentration. Would you agree with that assessment?
0: Well, I don't know if that was the key to the match. The key to the match might have been his serving. <laughs> Maybe I should have concentrated harder on watching them go by me or something. I don't know. Um, he made my serve look like a schmuck serve, you know. I mean, I... this sounds like it, this is the money involved here somewhere. Is it, is he just being given a free pass <laughs> to get through? These? Well, this is because the... he's if he's a hundred
1: and what's hundred twenty fifth in the world, yeah.
0: He's wild card and he's knocking these players over in pretty much straight sets almost.
1: Yeah, well, he's playing well, and, and that's the thing. Like, I think his serve is doing the damage in a lot of games. And, like, Roderick is unseeded at that point, and he's up and coming. But his serve was big, but he was able to deal with his serve. But, as you said, I think he was world number two at one time. So, we're not talking about, you know, he's not a player, is he? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know he can, he can play good tennis when he wants to. He's just been injured a lot, and he's getting old a little bit, and probably as you said before... He Thinks his moment's probably passed.
0: Do you think there's two factors here? Like, one of them's like experience. So, when he comes up against Roddick, who's a young bloke, yeah. he's able to kind of game management much better, but uh, uh, and he's able to manage his temperaments and things much better than Roddick. But then the other factor is that he's a wild card. What's he got to lose? He's just so relaxed about it. Whereas, like, you know, I think five that... years earlier, he would have been, Oh, this is I've got to win this. And
1: I think so. In the past, the pressure's been on him, yeah, and here. He's got. He's, because he's a wildcard entry, I think, as I said before, I think the draw did go through him a little bit because um, Roddick wouldn't have been expected to get into round three at that point, but did really well. He was showing that he's really an up and comer. Um, but. Yeah, I think with the pressure not being on him, he was just going. Look, I'm just glad to play in these surrounds again. I'm so come on,
0: who's who's next next up for the for the
1: sword? Well, he, the, well the next one in round four, right? He, he comes up and he gets uh, he gets Greg, he gets Greg Riddetsky, oh. the, the British <laughs> yes. Canadian. So you can see at this point, the Wimbledon crowd's a bit split now because they do they do like Gorton, but he's against a Brit now with Greg, as we all know. The British didn't really take to Greg as much as Tim Hemman. He because he wasn't British for a start. Well, he was British Canadian money. He... Tim Hemman
0: is a very well spoken Englishman, isn't he? He's like probably the boy that every mother wishes their daughter brought home. Yeah. Whereas Greg was like, you watch him play tennis and then he'd do the interview after and you go, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> he would just come out with this really broad, what a lot of people perceive to be an American accent but <laughs> was Canadian. And he, he was kind of quite loud and, and and confident. And British people don't really like that, do they? <laughs>
1: well, they don't really relate to that, do they? No. no.
0: He seems to have one of those players, he's got all the raw materials, but it's his mental Game that's going to get him across the line, and just yeah. never—he never really yeah. got all those things in line. That was together. the most
1: British asset he had was uh, <laughs> a poor mentality,
0: <laughs> falling apart when yeah. you yeah. get in the final stages. Yeah. But it's it's Wim- Wimbledon can be that thing of everybody's behind you, or that it just feels complete pressure. Like, and he felt that with Tim Hemman definitely. Like he would crumble because it's the expectation he's carrying it on his shoulders rather than it push him in a pushing him along. Yeah. He's just carrying it. And, well, and Greg <laughs> had two countries to carry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Un- unwittingly, he, did, he basically had that. Because he, he basically played awful that day and basically got... He went out in three three straight sets and it was pretty simple. Wow. Just uh, dispatched he, him. Just right. dispatched him, yeah. Wow. Yeah, And, you know, packed it up pretty early. Off he went, you know. So then he, he's in the semi-final now, right? And he's like... That,
0: that actually seemed quick. Well, yeah. It just
1: seems to have done not much and got to the semi-final. Well, this is what I mean. He's not yet had a, uh, a five-setter. So he's not been on court a lot of times, like a long time. He hasn't been on court a long time because his serve gets him through a lot of his games very quickly. So his court time is is cut down. And as you say, I think... When, he's had a, when you've had a... Po- I think it's like anything with Wimbledon, though. I think if you have a really positive first week, you can get through that first week pretty simply. And then the second week's where it becomes difficult. But because, he, uh, unfortunately, uh, Greg played so badly, he's actually got through that tie on the Monday pretty quickly as well. So he's now up into the into the semis and things So like he's
0: that. in a semi-final. So yep. this is... He's, Moyer's probably the best player he's met so far on the way. Um, he's... This is the the last four in the tournament he's got to come up against some mightier someone who's absolutely gonna give him a run for his money and blast him away
1: and he does he comes against he comes up against uh, tiny tim <laughs> tiny tim Hemman. tim Hemman. Right. Is, and, and, wow so
0: here we go it really is a huge match for the british number one tim plays a man he knows he can beat a player he knows he should beat and someone the nation expects him to be. And the
1: thing is, right? People have a go at Tim Henman, right? But I feel a bit sorry for Tim, right? Because he was a good player. He just wasn't a championship player. He just wasn't that final Grand Slam player. He just wasn't that. But he was a good player, and he got to he got to a number of semi-finals, especially at Wimbledon. And as you said before. The crowd i don't think it helped him that, that, that tournament it really didn't because he felt the pressure of that tournament every single time and he was the only one as we all know i remember watching it and and going is he the only one we've got <laughs> yeah.
0: and also because there had been such a long gap between the last english champion of wimbledon as well that expectation becomes great and great they all the tabloid newspapers he's on the front and back page and tim hemmons the type of person i imagine if he was in a supermarket and he was pushing his trolley, and someone came, like he'd go, "No, after after you." And then if he was in his car, he'd be like, "No, after, after you. you." And if he was in like a revolving door, no, no, a- after you. And I feel like that's the attitude he took when he was in a position to it was a nice do smoke. something. It was just <laughs> to go, "I'll I'll play you, but after you, yeah. <laughs> you can go in the yeah. final." Yeah. You can win. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that is almost mentality. What a moment for British tennis. Not since Bunny Austin beat Henna Henkel of Germany, six, 2 six, four, 6 love in 1938, have we had a men's singles finalist. Tim Henman has tasted defeat in the semifinals, twice, of course, to Pete Sampras. So how does this game turn out, the semi?
1: Well, see, this is... Probably when Tim looks at this game... When he looks back at it, he will think... And this is where a bit of luck, I think, comes into it. Tim plays very well. He's two sets to one up, Tim Henneman. And he looks like he's going to go on and win, like usual. <laughs> right? Even Isovic probably feels he got a bit lucky. Because what happens is, there is a rain delay. So, he's two one up. They're going into the third set. And then there's a rain delay. And Tim Henneman's had... You know, you know moment, momentum in sport, as we know, is massive. Uh, all sports people tend to talk about this momentum shift. Well, uh, Tim Hemmings had it with him at this point. He's winning two one. He wants to go straight into the third and then put this to bed and get it into the final. And it rains. <laughs> and think... th- this
0: is the point where because now they have a roof on center court, don't they? Is yeah. This game being played it must would be played on center court. Yeah, but they didn't have a roof at mm. the end of the day. No roof. So it starts to rain
1: and it continues to rain and it rains and rains and uh, rains to the point where they don't get out there for the rest of the day it's done for the day it's done for the day
0: so what do they do Did they come back at like breakfast and play what, yeah what's they the, basically what's do the...
1: the first on court the next day 11 o'clock right they're back out
0: that would be so weird to I, like as a sportsman to kind of
1: keep yourself in the zone
0: and what would you dream about that night it would just be and particularly if you're up ahead yeah
1: that's, you
0: know... And and even if it's oh, himself, per- comes it's back pergatory.
1: and he says this. This is what he said after this game. He said, I felt tired in that game. I felt like it was slipping away. It was gone. I just couldn't... Everything I was knocking across the net, he was hitting back. And I, I, was, I was basically... He was on the way to defeat. And he was, you know, in a mental state. He was at that point. He comes back the next day, he said he felt fresh. He felt back like he just needed that, you know, he needed that 24 hours <laughs> little break. You know what I mean? He needed he needed that break. And then he comes back and he lost looks. He's just on it. He's just on his game again.
0: Do you reckon he stayed in like one of these um, hotels that they have where they just have unlimited breakfast buffet <laughs> Yeah, and he's just filled his boots
1: and he's like, go on. Because <laughs> <laughs> like Tim comes out pretty positively again that day. And then there's another rain delay, right? <laughs> so momentum gets gets taken off him again a little bit. And then they come out again after that rain delay, and that's it. He just, Tim just, just the momentum shifts, and he can't keep up. And he just, Tim Herman loses. And all of a sudden, Goran's in a final. He's in the, he's in the Wimbledon final again from a wild card position. It's
0: such an amazing story. You said at the start, you need a bit of luck yeah two rain delays that play into your hands is more than luck isn't it that's extraordinary that's
1: but, uh, yeah it's just that's what it's all about isn't it it's just about sometimes things go your way cuz another thing that also happened in the tournament that probably also helped shape this this run and, and and what's happening is um Pete Sampras has gone out as well in round 4 and he's gone out to um somebody who's very at this time quite unknown and that's Roger Federer really yeah so, Pete so Sampras fed, has gone out to Federer Fed. Federer
0: has knocked Sampras out.
1: Yeah. He's done it. The champion is out. He's up to two. Seven-fix, 7-6, count 7. 6-7, 6-7. So far. Sampras has lost like a champion in a fabulous match. But maybe the baton in tennis has passed to a new generation. Federer can hardly believe it. The emotion of the moment of having beaten the greatest grass court player of all time is too much for him. Nineteen years of age in his first ever appearance. On so the now Senegal,
0: Gorin is probably thinking, well, I suppose it wouldn't have been sweet if. In a beat, he'd, Pete. He played Pete in the final because he was keeping him off the world number one spot.
1: It would have been, but I don't. I think I feel in, even it would have been too far for Gore in that to put to put. If Pete Sampras had got the playing, how well Pete Sampras was playing, and once Pete Sampras got to a final, as many people knew, he, he very really lost a final. Pete Sampras.
0: Can I ask um back to the rain delay? Yeah. Can I just ask? Was this one of the times where um Cliff Richard? Sang sang (laughs) during the (laughs) rain delay. Well, I have to say that this has to be the most unusual experience of my career. I never thought that I'd actually play centre court, and how could anybody ever have dreamed up a backing vocal group like this? Cause I,
1: I can't remember if Cliff Richard right. If he did, I turned it off.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I remember when there was a rain delay one year, and uh, they Cliff Richard decided to empty out the stadium <laughs> by singing. And I, w- I was watching this on TV. I was thinking, they've stopped my cartoons for this. <laughs> it's
1: just like, yeah, did he sing? So Let's all go on a summer holiday or something? Yeah, or something. I
0: think he sang summer holiday. Yeah, he which did, was an yeah. interesting film. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Cliff Richard's an interesting player. tried bloke. his
1: best in he To be fair, he tried his best. It was, uh, you know...
0: Born in India as well, Cliff Richard. That's an interesting fact. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, we'll move on.
1: What happened in the final? He's, he's gone through this tournament and he's a bit fatigued, but he's not played a full tournament for a while. Goes into it and he's got Pat Rafter in front of him in the final. Australian Pat Rafter. Really? Yeah.
0: I just... Uh, he kind of fell off my rate. I thought he just like in, in, because I've only recently seen Pat Rafter playing like exhibition games. I pr- sort of presumed that he'd always done, that. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out he was a top pro, top pro,
1: <laughs> and he, and also like ov- obviously Aussie Pat yeah. Rafter and a, a big support. As well at Wimbledon, so as you say, probably now all the neutrals plus all the Brits have probably got behind, right? even because because yeah. the Brits are he's thinking he's an underdog. He's well, an underdog, and the Brits love an underdog because we're usually them, so we love that. Yeah. And then obviously the Aussies are all behind Pat, so there's a good atmosphere in the uh, in the old uh, center court that day.
0: Yeah, they would. It, it is nice to see uh, uh, Australians at major tournaments because they they are quite boisterous, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they get behind them, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and they've no etiquette. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's <laughs>
0: true, which actually is quite annoying sometimes when you go watch the Australian Open in Melbourne, but very refreshing yeah, at Wimbledon. L- I love it. It's like. Acidic wine cutting through cheese. It's like the, it's like gets rid of all the nonsense.
1: It's like let's make it's a bit nice. of noise here. This is what sports about, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, enjoy those it. Moments, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So he comes out. Okay, he's had a really tough game against Tim Henman, and he's just got through in uh, in five sets. So he's had a real he's had a really tough game. He's had oh. two two <laughs> rain delays. He's had a bit of time. Played it over two days. Yeah, as well, and and then he goes into this, and it's on Monday. It's gone over. Wimbledon's gone over. Usually the finals played Sunday because of the rain delay it's now monday and they call it people's monday by the way really i don't know why <laughs> no because don't they, they still have, 400 like... t- dollars a ticket <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that many people is it
0: i don't think it's gonna ever be that kind of atmosphere you know because it was monday third or second time ever in the history was on monday and uh, they lit so many tickets for the normal people the atmosphere was like uh, not on tennis like on the football
1: so yeah so he goes as I say he goes into this match right against Pat Rafter and he's had a he's had a bit of a grueling week he's he's not had the hardest route to the final but however you know he's not played he's at 125th in the world he's not been used to playing all these games and he's definitely not gone so through a grand slam like this
0: but the other thing is for him is that last game against Tim Henman, it's played over two days with that big break, which has helped him out. But it's still played over two days. He's also had the cauldron of like the fans all backing Tim. And so you've got to have a real siege mentality to get through a game like that. And that's mentally exhausting as well, isn't it, to, for him to do as well as physically? Oh,
1: definitely, yeah. Like, Tim capitulated in the end like usual. But <laughs> however, right?
0: <laughs> I did say... Uh, that as though I've been in that situation <laughs> before. You know. It is very mentally draining. Take my word for
1: it. <laughs> so, he, so he gets to the final. It's a it's a good atmosphere. The Aussies are on form. They're they're kicking out a load of noise down one end in uh, Pat Rafter's corner. So I think probably he goes into that thinking, I've got nothing to lose.
0: The final. <laughs> He's got the final
1: to lose. Yeah, no, but last like...
0: of him will be thinking. I've, I didn't think this would happen to me, and now this is the best chance I'm ever going to have to win a grand slam to write my name into history. I think there couldn't be, in some ways, more pressure.
1: Yeah, I because it, yeah, Sampras
0: has gone. He's playing Rafter. Don't know where Rafter sits in the world rankings at that at that point. He's pretty high. He's pretty high. Yeah, he's still hitting. He can still hit a ball. So he's hitting a ball. Yeah. yeah
1: so he's kind of thinking, well, this is it. So what happens? So well, the first set he comes out and he serves really well, and he and he play well. He just he just he just does really well. Does his defensive game really well, and he wins he wins six three. But then Pat, Pat was a grafter, money. He? he should have been Paul called Pat Grafter, really. <laughs> Pat but grafter. <laughs> but he was always a fighter, you know. And Pat came straight back, so he, he wins the second set, takes it back off him, and goes into the third set. And Goran wins that six three again. Pat Rafter comes back again, ties it up, two-two. This, see, this is the final you want, isn't this it? Is There's the so many finals
0: want. that are a washout, and here we are, they're going toe to toe. Now, I've heard that uh, the Australian Pat Rafter, his <laughs> his family, his family apparently are um, into some uh, sexual dalliances. Have you heard this? No. Yeah, apparently, uh, it's quite common to be uh, swinging from the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> so, two-two. What happens here? we This is. I imagine the Australians in the crowd here are uh, pretty excited at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we get to a great, great final set. Okay. And one can only guess at the turmoil raging in the mind of Goran Ivanisovic
0: at this moment. This is just unbelievably stressful for everybody watching. I can't imagine what it would be like inside Goran's head. Thank you. Quiet,
1: please. So this, this final uh, this final set is shared across 16 games. Say that again. This final <laughs> set goes across 16 games, right? And in the end, Izovic is leading 8-7 in games.
0: <laughs> I'm finding this really hard for my you, brain because, to comprehend here because the
1: final set can't go to a tie break so you've just got to carry on playing games so you can't go to a tie break in, a, in, a, in the final set you've got to win it by two clear games so they're just playing on and it gets to the point where he's 8-7 up
0: what a brave move by the Wimbledon organisers to have that rule, and we won't really need to finish. It'll never get dark. It'll never rain. We just carry Wimbledon, on playing. It's not just
1: Wimbledon. They all do it. All <laughs> all Grand Slams do this. It, it, they can go on all night. Like there, there's been, a, I can't I can't remember now the name of the, the the longest the the players in the longest game, but it went something like eighteen sixteen, and and that was just went on for so long. I think it was about five out five and a half hours. I think it stretched across. Amazing. Well what's the outcome here? Four match points. Four match points. What well, he's he's, he's he's So in other words, he's forty love up. Yeah. Yeah So he can
0: he can afford to make three mistakes and still walk away with the with the title. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he he basically does make a couple of mistakes. <laughs> A couple of these serves hit hit the net, and he so he gives a couple of points away. So we get back to 40-30. and you can imagine the pressure now. Like so, it's we've gone through all these games, sixteen games. He's basically it's here to win match point. He's had he's had he's had a couple of them already. He's got he's got one more.
0: No, I'm not. I'm in no position here to criticize. Yeah, Gorin here because. There's many times, and he's got the four match points to play with. He has, yeah. And of I, he has, yeah. I Do would, what you want with them. I, I would. <laughs> and that's what I would be doing. Sometimes I'm sat at home and we've got, got to get out the house and we've got to go somewhere. We've got an hour before we leave. So I. I I'll st- I'll start things that are going to take much longer than an hour, just in it away. Start a game of chess, Monopoly. I'll run the bath. I'll be doing so, you know, start getting stuff out the shed to fix. It must be very frustrating for my uh, for my family. But um, I I in this situation, if I had four <laughs> match points, I would kind of think I'll just have I, a, just have enjoy a it a yeah, bit more. Just you know, I don't want it to be over just yet.
1: <laughs> yeah so anyway so Ted's building a little bit but then he finally he cracks a serve one of his really spectacular serves again and uh, even though Rafter gets to it again because he did really well Rafter in the game returning his serve unfortunately hits the top of the net and he's won He's won a Grand Slam. He's only one. He's only ever Grand Slam wins. His only ever Grand Slam from a wild card position, and he's the only ever Wimbledon wild card to ever win in the, the history
0: win. of Wimbledon. In the
1: history of Wimbledon, the only ever wild card to win, male wild card to win. It's incredible, isn't it?
0: And what was what was his kind? What, can you remember his celebration or what did he do? He must have been boat rafter and even the which must have been. Utterly exhausted.
1: <laughs> I, 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 You've seen them in those tennis because I think it's one of those sports that's really difficult. It's one on one, isn't it? All the way through. It must mentally. Unless is it's doubles. <laughs> Unless it's doubles. But that, does that count? And. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that so he, he basically wins one Grand Slam and just you know yeah obviously he erupts. He goes it he goes and hugs his dad in the crowd, and uh, has that real moment of, you know, he's succeeded, hasn't he succeeded, has not he? He's won the big one. At last, the waiting is over. We have a new Wimbledon champion. A man who four times now has attempted to scale the ultimate heights and at last, he does it.
0: I suppose it must be also a bit of a sense of like redemption as well. It's like he's had the... obviously the tools to be world champion or world number one previously and when he's younger. But he's never managed to do it. And now kind of in the twilight of his career, he's
1: He's done it? He's yeah. done it. He's done and it. he's
0: done it at Wimbledon. Yeah. The one to win.
1: The 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 only one to win in some people's minds. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Henman's it was. He did he'd crap all in the other ones but He had a go at that one. But the, the thing is with that as well, he, he served uh, 212 aces during that tournament. As
0: that, I'll, I'll be surprised to see the stats on who else has got close to that.
1: I know. And it's it, I think what's so amazing why that I class that as a golden moment in my mind is that in a British television program, it was rated as one of the 100 greatest sporting moments, which is you know a big thing really because we basically, the Brits have classed it as something for themselves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They've allowed a Croatian yeah. in. You know,
1: He also won BBC Sports Personality of the Year that year. Did he? Yeah. Now
0: that, see, that shocks me because it seems like he actually does have a personality. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> most of the time, the Sports Personality of the Year is somebody actually devoid of they're just the mechanical Michael Owen, I think, won it quite a few years.
1: Well, yeah. He goes home to a hero's welcome, because back to Croatia, hero's welcome, uh, and uh, where a crowd of 150,000 met him. Really? <laughs> 150,000 met him. And uh, there were fireworks and, like, parade of boats went round. And uh, uh, even Izovic actually stripped off and jumped in the sea as a celebration. Now
0: he's swinging from the rafters as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do you think he was more happy winning sports personality of the year?
1: Or, <laughs> or, the, or the Wimbledon? <laughs> he still plays on the circuit now in the Legends. He's quite. He's a really nice bloke. And I think it's one of those things where sometimes nice blokes don't win some things, do they? And you don't see much of uh, Pete Sampras these days, do we? But uh, he won a lot, <laughs> didn't he? He won a lot, but uh, Goran seems a nice bloke. Comes across as a nice bloke to me. So, I was glad to see him win that tournament.
0: So, what happened then is his last days of his career? He never topped
1: that. He never topped that. Never. That was his last. It was last. Well, it was the last Grand Slam. Obviously, that he never won, went on to win anything else. He never went on to win a title again either. He retired the year uh, year after. He came back. He had a bit of a bit of a go again, but then he retired again, but more permanently because of it. He, had, he had to have more shoulder surgery, unfortunately. So oh. there we go. That's how his career... But in his mind, that's his, obviously his highlight, I think. Well, that De- Definitely the Croatia comeback, I would imagine. I don't know
0: how big tennis is in Croatia, but I'm sure it had a moment in his son, like when he brought that trophy home, just for that time for the Croatians. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a dream or not, if I'm going to wake up and then somebody's going to tell me you didn't win Wimbledon again. you know to serve for the match. Suddenly I have a match point out of nowhere. You know, I came here, no, nobody even talked about me and now I'm holding this trophy. And it's, it's just, uh, this support today was like, uh, I mean, I was uh, three times in the final, but this is, this is just uh, unbelievable. This is too good. Thank you guys for everything. And uh, it's a
1: brilliant story. And I think that's why it fits into my, my golden moment of sport. Thanks Justin. Thanks, Ian.
0: (laughs) Wheel of Sport, what will it spin? The Wheel of Sport where everyone wins. Cliff Cliff Richard would have been singing that. Centre Court. (laughs) The biggest day on Centre Court for a generation. So it rained and rained and rained some more. We had singing in the rain like never before. Cliff Richard. It was an absolutely fabulous performance. We're all going on a summer holiday. No more working for her. We go to. Such was the response the crowd would now surely demand it every time it rains rains at Wimbledon. It was a
1: real command performance.